Hey guys, welcome to the show today. I'm really excited to have Kathleen on the show because we are going to be talking about something I know a lot of you struggle with, fitting everything in. Kathleen is a beast and I am constantly amazed by seeing Kathleen do what she does. She works full-time as a teacher, is a mom, dances, and still somehow has a social life. So today I'm going to be asking her about all of her secrets. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. I'm super excited to chat today. Um, what's been the favorite thing you've done, your favorite thing you've done this weekend so far? Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Uh, so far this weekend, I mean, I had a four-hour dance class, three-hour dance class. That was fun. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and funny thing, guys, is so Kathleen and I uh, apparently went to the same dance school growing up, but you were at the indie branch, right? Okay, so like different locations, yeah. Um, but we oh, probably we no exactly, yeah. That's so funny. We probably have like been at dance camp together or like performances or something, but like never crossed paths until we adults. So that's so funny. Like your name is on some of my old shirts on the back of some of my old shirts. Oh wait, really? Oh, that's so funny. I wish I had a kept mine. Yeah, I don't even yeah, have mine are in a blanket now. So. Oh, that was a good idea. I made one into a pillow and I had it like, I like cut off the corners and put it around a foam pillow and had it for years. But I think at one point I was like, didn't make the cut. Like when I was decluttering, right. which I, I should have kept it. But anyways, different topic. Um, okay. <laughs> so before we get into things, I want our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so where are you from? And then how did you get into dancing? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Indianapolis. Indiana. I now live in Austin, Texas. My dad immigrated from Dublin, Ireland when he was in his 30s and he was a musician and he just made his living for a while as a musician and the dancers would dance with him and his band. So that's just kind of how I discovered dance and got into it as a kid. I think I started when I was around six or seven and then I danced growing up. I think I was around 19 years old when I stopped and 10 years later, I was like, "Ugh, I just never do cardio. I've tried all these different exercise programs and I don't stick with any of them. And I found online, I think it was Instagram that the adult dance world was kind of blowing up mm -hmm. in Irish dance. And I was like, Oh, I, uh, okay. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. And so I jumped back in. I think that was, it was May 2019 because I remember it was the month that I turned 30. Gotcha. That is so cool. And I think it's amazing how the adult world is blowing up. It's like such a fun community now. It is. It really is. And I was worried. I was like, ah, is this going to be cringy? Like, is it going to be kind of like embarrassing and weird? And it's not. And it's just like everyone is so supportive at any wow. competition and so sweet. It's really great. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so can you give us a little overview of, I know you said you started, sorry, there's a siren going on, so that might be in the background, but that's okay. Okay, so can you give us a little overview of your um, dancing journey from where you started to where you are today? Uh, sure. So when I was growing up, I just really struggled to get out of grades, as in I never did it. <laughs> I, I never got out of prize winner. It was that slip jig, man. Um, but I used to have to work really hard to figure out even how to practice because my brain and my body didn't really talk. They just didn't mm -hmm. do it. Um, 
So I would know that like, I need to turn my toes out, but I couldn't figure out how to make my body do that. And now that I'm old, I'm like, oh girl, you didn't have the strength or the flexibility to do those things. That's girl, you just were doing everything wrong. Um, but now that I've come back, I recalled it at my first Oroctus. Twenty third was very exciting. That's so exciting! I was so happy when I saw that. Oh, so well deserved. <laughs> I had to get myself together side stage before my set. I was like, "You can't cry on stage. Like, oh we're happy God. to be here, but get it together, girl." <laughs> like, get it. Come on. Uh, so it's just been really cool to come back, and it's really more of like an experiment now of like, okay, what else can I do? Because I can do dance things now that I couldn't do as a kid. I could have never okay. done any kind of drum. I definitely wouldn't have been able to do wraparounds. I couldn't really do butterflies and I can bust all those out now because I know how to talk to my body. Mm -hmm. What do you think the biggest, do you think it's just like maturity, like by being able to talk to your body or like developmentally things have changed or what do you think the biggest change has been? So one of the things that I did when I was in high school was I was in the color guard with the marching band mm -hmm. and after I graduated college and then after I moved to Austin, I worked with different marching bands and their color guards and into the winter season, we call it winter guard. And when I had to figure out how to teach someone else a dance skill, because it's dance along with like the flags and the rifles and things, right? And so when I had to figure out how to teach other people to do those things, I kind of had to break down to myself like, okay, you can't teach us if you don't understand it. Uh, uh, what are you going to do? So by actually teaching dance in some form, that's how it was able to click in my brain. That's such a good point. I've never thought about that. And I mean, I feel like that's like teaching anything. It's like if you teach it, you have to learn it on such a deeper level and truly understand it. Where if you're just on the receiving end, it's like, like you're the you're just a student. It's like you just have to absorb the information to a certain level, but you don't have to like understand it so deeply that you can explain it thoroughly to someone else so that's really cool how that works with the human body too yeah we always think that it's like with anything that oh if you're not really great at it then you shouldn't teach other people because you don't understand it but it kind of would really help you a lot mm -hmm. really gain a lot from that That'd be a fun experiment to see in dance schools, like for things you're not good at, be like, now go teach the beginner class, like how to turn out and then see if that would improve, you know, the dancers turn out. But that's different topic for different time. <laughs> okay. So something I do really want to get in today is time management and being able to juggle several different life activities at once. Um, now from the outside, it seems like you have this down really well, <laughs> not only in adulthood, but I know you had said you were also involved in several uh, extracurriculars growing up too. So let's start, like, we'll go time machine back to growing up, being involved in lots of extracurriculars, then we'll go forward. Um, what kinds of activities were you involved in in school? When I was in elementary school and then in through sixth grade, I did basketball and volleyball. I did track two years. I did cheer one year. Um, I was in Girl Scouts. I think that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't enough. <laughs> um, I know a lot of dancers struggle with whether or not they like should do other extracurriculars because dance can feel like such a big time commitment. Um, what benefits did you find from participating in a lot of different things? I mean, you, it's sort of like that cross training, you know, we tell 
athletes. I was just talking to my coworker who is a basketball and track coach at the school. We were talking about how her athletes want to take a true, true off season. Mm -hmm. And she gets frustrated because she's like, our really successful athletes are the ones who do other activities to help support their main sport. So Mm -hmm. I have a soccer player who loves soccer and she does cross country in the fall. She hates running. She hates doing it, but she knows how much it's going to benefit her in soccer, her primary sport. So there is that where it's like you just become such a stronger athlete when you're trying to work your body in different ways. I do think being in color guard in high school really helped me be a better dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that makes- Also like there's social skills. I feel like so often we forget to just be happy about meeting new people and trying new things and just the joy that can come with that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's huge for just getting out there in different environments. Like I found if you're just stuck in like dance world and that's it. And for some dancers, that is a choice they make and that's like totally fine. Everyone's different. Um, But there is something to be able to go into a group of people that you don't know or have just met and being able to meet people and yeah, be able to have like lots of different life experiences. There are so many little niche activities. I remember trying to explain to my current dance teacher what color guard was and he was like that's weird and You're I was like, like the irony answer thinks color guard is weird <laughs> like sorry to break it to you but we <laughs> may be the weirdos what <laughs> yeah. we wear wigs and makeup and weird dresses I mean none of this makes sense that's why it's great right totally um did you experience, would you say doing like so many different things growing up? Did you, um, any like cons you found in it or any challenges you felt like you really ran into? Yes. So my freshman year, I very specifically remember my, this is a little messed up. My color guard director, he ended up leaving after this year. He wanted me to quit dance so that I would only focus on guard. And he actually switched to the practice schedule to be Mondays and Wednesdays instead of Mondays and Thursdays when I had my dance class on Wednesdays. Oh my gosh. And so I, I already signed up. I really wanted to do that season. You know, everybody made a big deal and my dance teacher said, okay, fine. We can agree. You'll do every other Wednesday here and then every other Wednesday in guard. And I was like, okay, that's what we'll do. I was able to end up kind of compromising and saying, okay, I am only going to do one season. Cause like I said, there are two seasons in the guard world. There's fall with the marching band and then they do their own in the winter. And so I decided to only do fall with the marching band because I also was on speech team in high school and I ended up having a leadership role in that. That's what got me a scholarship in college So I kind of had to figure out how to really balance these three things. Mm -hmm. What do you think the most challenging part of balancing the three things were? Sorry, that was my cat. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) Cats are welcome on the show. Like half the shows you hear like my cats like attacking boxes in the background or attacking each other. Oh, never a dull moment with them. Um, I, there's definitely that FOMO that you get, right? Yeah. 
there's definitely that FOMO of like, you know, what am I missing? You know, did I not miss talking to my friends today? Like, am I going to be good enough to be ready? Am I going to be good enough to move up? There, there's definitely that part of that. And it's hard. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of it is just saying, yeah, that's tough. Totally. Um, when it came to like balancing, getting homework done and attending all your different practices, did you, um, what kind of strategies did you find worked well to be able to get everything done and get everything done well? So at school, I tried to just use my school time for school. I did not like doing homework at home. And I'm still like that as an adult. I do not like to work when I am home. Mm -hmm. I, when I'm, that's where I am. And I would just find time throughout the day. Like with a lot of classes, let's be real. They do say, okay, this is your work time. Go ahead and dedicate to it. Or they might have something that's called different names, advisory, homeroom. Um, Sometimes they have it specific for their campus, like a cardinal time or a tiger time or a roar time or whatever. And so I would try to use that to try to get work done. So I wasn't having to worry about doing it at home. Gotcha. Okay. So let's fast forward now. Um, This is where things get really juicy. So in your adult life, you dance, right? You work full time, you have a baby. Um, I know a big question that adults have specifically with like your story is um, being able to be a parent and also be a dancer and work full time. I mean, that's like a lot of different things. Um, what have, what kinds of challenges do you feel like you've run into around that? Yeah. I mean, there are so many plants that I'm trying to water and watch grow, right. All these different things and like relationships that I'm wanting to kind of spend time on. And so there are all these little parts that kind of come up like, well, you're not spending enough time with your pets. You're not spending enough time. <laughs> That's what they're saying right now. <laughs> That's what he's telling me. He's saying you don't love me enough. Um, there's just this voice where it's, you know, are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? And so that's why I kind of do what I do where I really overly like to the minute schedule my day every day. And I write it down and everything because that's when I go to bed, I'm not saying you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. That voice shuts off because I know I did. I gave enough when I was in that moment. Mm -hmm. So have you, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, have you ever had um, found it challenging to draw boundaries with your time? Like, for example, at work, something you really said that struck me was that you um, do work only at work, which I feel like should be the norm because that's, you know, what your contract is. Um, but I know a lot of people struggle with being able to end work when they end work and then be able to go and live a life outside of work. Um, is that something that's come naturally to you or is that something you've had to work on? I had to work on it. So my journey back to dance was kind of interesting. 2019 was a big change in general. It was the year that I turned 30. It was the year that I went back to dance. It was the year that I got married. And it was also the year that I left my first official like teaching job at a high school. And I went to a completely different district. And it was because I had a lot of trouble. I was there until 7.30 every night. I was the yes woman. I took on all these extra things. And I just kind of realized as horrible as this sounds, when it comes to work, if something were to happen to me, they would replace me. 
they would have to, they would replace me, but I'm not going to be replaced in my kid's life. And so, while yes, I need to be there and I need to dedicate. I can turn off because I am at the end of the day replaceable. And so I'm not going to give more than what I'm contracted for, mm-hmm. but I will give a hundred percent when I'm there. That's like a really important thing when it comes to balancing all of these things is wherever you are, you give a hundred percent. So when I'm at work, that is what I am dedicated to doing. When I am at dance, that's what I'm doing. When I'm with my kid, that's what I'm focused on. How did you go about to make that mental shift? Like in the beginning, was it hard for you? And did your brain like kind of go back and forth with jumping from place to different places? Or was it like one day you woke up and you're like, this is it. I'm now, you know, always going to be in the moment in that place. Um, I think it was sort of a slower shift because I just realized how much I was sort of missing out on. And I just kind of thought, especially with teachers, because, you know, teacher burnout is so bad. And I was seeing it happen to my friends. And I was like, man, what's happening? What, like, why are they unhappier than I am? Am I just blind and broken? And it wasn't. It was because, especially like if I had dance, I actually think dancing helped me draw these boundaries because I had to say, oh, I can't stay. I have a dance class. I got to go. And so I think I noticed that that is kind of what helped me slowly start to build these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID also helped me realize that because I didn't really have a choice at that point. And I was just so much happier, <laughs> like just being able to shut off and be like, nope, we're done. That treadmill is going to run and I will hop back on it in the morning and you will get what you need. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and zoom meetings. <laughs> Bye kids. <laughs> Bye kids. <laughs> Um, do you, now, do you still have days or like periods of time you go through where you have a hard time managing different areas of your life? Um, I don't know if it's about managing because I do schedule everything and I can explain that more later on, but I mean, yeah, I was driving home today and I was driving home yesterday from class and I'm just struggling. Like, I just feel like I'm not getting these steps and I'm not doing what I need to do. And, um, when I have weekend classes, cause they're not all the time, that's time that I'm not spending with my kid. I'm not going to swim class with him. And so there is kind of that. And what I kind of do is I just sort of let it in. I just, I say, okay, I'm going to be, I'm just going to let this feeling in. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be mad about it. I'm going to wallow for a little bit because when you kind of fight these emotions, that's when they get bad. Like if you're anxious, and you're saying, no, I don't want to be nervous right now. It makes it worse. So just like, let it in, be mad. You can feel it. Um, and then I, I'm very much about like solutions. So, okay. I was mad. I had this feeling where I just don't think I'm giving enough. What is my solution? You know, with dance, is it that I need to schedule a home practice more? Um, maybe on like Sunday, you know, if I feel like I'm missing out with my kid, okay, does that mean I can spend a little extra time, like have like a mommy son date with him, mm-hmm. take him to the park or something? Gotcha. Um, do you find, or I say, what would you say your most like rewarding part of still dancing is? Ooh. It, honestly, it's just, ha- I mean, I do think part of it is 
that I can really see growth in myself now. I can mm-hmm. see these little things as they get better that I never did before. And so it's really fun, especially being in my 30s and seeing this happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's really cool because we just think like, oh, you're old. You're just done, right? So many people think that they're like, after 30, eh, what's the point, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really fun to kind of have that. Um, and it's really rewarding for me as a parent, because I knew that I would not be happy if I were the person who works and then goes home to their family and then goes to bed. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that I would not be fulfilled. And so I really love having this activity because it does feed my family too. We make majors family trips now. We all went to Montreal. We all went to Orlando. It was, come on guys. And so it is really fun. That's super fun. I think that's such a good point where it used to be like you would peak at, you know, 16 or 18, and then you're supposed to just like, I don't know, wait around and not do any type of real physical activity or dancing at least. Um, And now it's super cool that the mindset has shifted where it's like you or it's starting to shift at least where it's like you can get more athletic and can get fitter every single year. Like there's no reason that all of a sudden when you go to college or when you turn 30 that it has to be like, okay, game over. You shouldn't dance anymore and just like wait around to die. (laughs) That's really what people used to do. Exactly. That blows my mind. Younger dancers, it's like, please know that there's not necessarily a mountaintop. Like you can keep going. There's no top to Mm -hmm. your mountain. Um, You don't have to just give up. Maybe you shift. Maybe you don't compete. But like there are Olympic athletes who compete that are in their forties. I think the Mm -hmm. oldest athlete in this last Olympic was like in his sixties or something. He was an equestrian. Yeah. Yeah. And what we we were talking the other day about, uh, is it, I can never say her name correctly. Is it Dara or Dara Torres? Yeah. Yes. Like she was like, what? She was in her forties, right? When she won the Olympic medal. So yeah, there's like, yeah, it's amazing what the human body can do as long as you keep taking care of it and like training it. Um, Okay. So I want to get more into time management too. So I know you said you keep a very specific schedule. Um, Can you tell us more about how you like lay out your day and figure out what's most important? Yeah. So I have a friend who um, works out and ran marathons and she has three kids, two of which are twins. And I was talking to her about how I was struggling to do everything and go to the gym. And she said that what she did. And so I did this too. I wrote down like the times, you know, times of the day. It's starting at like whenever I woke up to when I went to bed. So I wrote each hour and then I blocked off and I said, what am I doing in that time? And so it was like, okay. And I drew it down like an actual little calendar, right? Like a planner. And I said, well, this is when I'm at work and this is when I'm home. And then this is when my kid goes to bed. And so usually I'll cook dinner with my husband here. Right. And I found for me, that I was either going to have time to, you know, work out or whatever it was that I was wanting to do either at the very end of the day. And I know myself, I'm not going to do that or at the beginning. And so I said, okay, I am going to have to wake up early and go to the gym during that time. I'm not going to worry about who's watching my kid because he's home with my husband. I'm not going to have to worry about 
all these other things. If the gym's going to be too crowded, that is a nice part when you're there at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and so I kind of told myself, like, if this is something that matters to me, this is how I fit it in. And so I ended up writing it out and I have a planner specifically now, like I got one that has each day of the week and then it has all of the times written down on the side. And that's what I do. I block out and I put class. I write lunch on there. I write all of these things that I'm doing. And then I write gym up at the top and I can say to myself, oh, hey, I forgot. I'm going to be done a little early that day because it's a holiday. Maybe I can plan something else, right? I put dance in there and I will even schedule my free time. And so I know usually when we hear people do this, like that's in the movies and in the TV shows where it's like, oh my God, she's so overscheduled. She doesn't have time to, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's actually really comforting to these parts that are going to freak out that I'm not doing enough because I can see that I wrote it down and I scheduled it. Mm -hmm. And so I will even like schedule my free time Monday evenings. Um, and then Thursdays when I pick my kid up and bring him home, you know, that is my free time to hang out with him until he goes to bed at seven 30. You know, I know we are going to play with Legos and maybe go to the park and watch some Puffin Rock and Muppet Babies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am doing until 7.30, right? We feed him dinner. And then I know after that, it's free time. And so that's when I can call a friend or call my family or cook dinner with my husband or just veg on the couch and watch some TV. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have everything scheduled if you are really making sure that you're not trying to just fill it with stuff. Gotcha. So I feel like that's actually a really important um, point you made where just because you're scheduling everything doesn't mean you can't include relaxation. So yeah, can you tell more about, has that been, have you always scheduled like relaxing time in there or is that something you've had to learn over time? No, I learned about it actually from an, a former administrator former AP, um, because she, you know, she's an associate principal of a high school that's like 3,000 children, 4,000 children. Jeez. And yeah, it's a big school. That's, that's um, exhausting. Yeah. So she's, that's her role. So you can just imagine that in and of itself, how exhausting it would be. And um, she has a farm, right? And she has a food truck with her husband. And so I was doing a school project and I was doing my model for the students and I chose her to do it. And she was telling me how she does all these other things, right? She knits. And I was like, how do you have time to knit? How do you have time to sleep? And she told me, and that's how we learned it from. She said, oh, I straight up schedule. I kind of get to a point where I say, okay, nope, it's eight o'clock or whatever. I'm going to knit for a little bit before I go to bed. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so smart because we also need to remember how in service it is to have that relaxing time because I know you've talked about the importance of taking rest days and it's sort of the same thing like you're really benefiting yourself and your system by just doing nothing mm -hmm. or whatever it is 
as long as you make sure, like, if you are like, okay, I'll use my free time on my phone and you use it to scroll dance videos and you're like, oh my God, they're so much better than me. I suck. That is not in service to yourself. Don't do that. Okay. Go look at cats wearing sweaters or something. We need to make sure that it's bow ties. I don't care. You know, you need to make sure that you're doing um, a free time relaxing activity that is really going to benefit you. Totally. What kind of free time um, activities have you found that really benefit you? Oh, um, my husband and I always have a series that we're watching. We'll get new ones. And so like just sitting on the couch, hanging out with him, having a little ice cream. Um, I love social media. Right. And so like, just kind of like looking at, yes, like cats. I, yeah, totally. I, looking at, like, right? I think there is a cat that I follow on Instagram and he's in a sweater half the time and it's per the day. Right. Um, so I like, I will scroll for a little bit on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Um, I have a friend that I call, like we schedule our phone calls. Mm -hmm. and she lives in Chicago. And so that's always helpful too. Totally. That's great. And I feel like that's actually some, something you said about uh, like social media. I feel like social media sometimes gets a bad rap in that like you should always stay off of it if you're like a productive person. I found at the end of the day, like I love social media as an outlet. Like at night, if I just need 20 minutes to turn my brain off and like just scroll on cat videos on TikTok or like prison talk, I also love, which is great. <laughs> Ex-inmates telling their stories or like just, or mysteries or whatever it is. Like, it's just so fun to be able to just shut off and enjoy yourself and not to think about anything. And then you still have a very productive rest of your day, but it's not like that means you can't relax and reset at the end of the day. It's really just making sure that you're doing things that are in service to your system, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's stressing you out and it's upsetting you, then maybe find a different thing to look at. But yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> um, what advice would you have, do you have for dancing moms out there who feel like they're struggling and overwhelmed with their schedule right now? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, definitely write it down um, and then try to find those nuggets of time throughout the day. So when I'm at work, I can use my planning period or I can use different resources, right? Because I do try to leave right on time. I do not stay in grade and do, I don't bring grading home. Um, so find that time to give a hundred percent wherever you are and understand that there are non-negotiables, right? School, work, that is a non-negotiable for us, right? Um, and then make sure that you are completely present when you are with your kids um, or with your partner or whomever, um, because then when they do go to bed, you're gonna know like, I was completely there with them. So try to really be present with them and not distracted like, looking at your phone or trying to get extra work done or do you know like just be there with them and then on days two where I'm really stressed out my son is 18 months old and so when I've just had a rough day with him I always think about like if 52 year old me were to walk into the room right now so he's grown he might not be in the house anymore we don't know right like if she were to come into the room and see me, what would she say to me? Like, realistically, what would she say? And it was usually like, as long as I was just there with him and like, just kind of soaking him in, then it was enough. Right. I love that. 
Oh, that's, I've never heard that before. That's yeah, a really um, cool perspective. When he was like teeny weeny and, you know, mm-hmm. crying and just, it was a really frustrating time. I would just, when he would calm down, I would kind of like even try to picture this person coming in and seeing me in this state and being like, what would she actually say? That's so cool. Man, I feel like you can use that in a lot of different like life scenarios too. Kind of like an older, wiser you version coming back. Yes. It's, I mean, is it, it's one of those things where it's like, is it really going to matter? Right. Like mm-hmm. if you don't do great at a fesh, that one random local fesh, um, and then, you know, older you, when they come in, are they going to be like, yeah, man, you're garbage. <laughs> Shouldn't oh, cry anymore. Like, how would they actually talk to you? Yeah. <laughs> Less older you is just like a total jerk and like something terrible happened in the meantime. But usually older you is cooler. Yeah. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think uh, that's all we have time for today, Kathleen. So thanks again so much for coming on the show. Um, I had a great time chatting with you. Um, and thanks for everyone listening. Um, and I will talk to you guys next time.